It all happened on a day, that joyful Christmas day planned in eternity by God the Father and declared by angels as this day which Christ the Savior would be born. On this day, at the perfect fullness of time in the prophesied city of Bethlehem, a promised Savior was born to a perishing world. Jesus' birth shook an unassuming, silent night into a spectacular night as history was split between Christmas promised and Christmas fulfilled. So it was that in the manger lay the infant Jesus Christ, God's great confirmation of all his promises revealed in the glory of Christmas. Two weeks from today, what's going to happen? Christmas Day, Merry Christmas, right? Uh, it's, I know some of you are like, two weeks? I only have two weeks to prepare? Uh, and some of you are like, man, I prepared. Let's do this thing, right? I mean, all kinds of people in the room, um, all, all kinds of variations of that. But whether you're prepared or ill-prepared or whether you're gonna be prepared, guess what? It's gonna happen, right? Two weeks from this morning, you're going to wake up and it's going to be Christmas morning. You're going to grab underneath the tree. You're going to get up early so you can be at the 11 o'clock service. But you're going to open all those wonderful Christmas presents. Right? I mean, Christmas is coming. It's right around the corner. Um, and in our household, uh, it's quite normal uh, for us to listen to uh, Christian music through our TV. Uh, and post Thanksgiving, my wife turned the channel on the TV to Christmas music. So we've been listening to Christmas music for the past several weeks. Um, I've noticed as you walk by, because when you put it on the TV like that, you know, there's, there, there's always a, an author who's singing it and the title of the song. And it's kind of grabbed my attention. You know, some of these people singing these Christmas songs are kind of unpredictable. Uh, such as, and I wrote these down, uh, several of them, Madonna, uh, Bad Religion, Weezer, Bare Naked Ladies, Rosie O'Donnell, Snoop Dogg. Uh, you know, I, I could go on and on. I actually read that almost every major artist in the U.S., get this, Almost every major artist in the U.S. has recorded a Christmas album. So what does that say to us about Christmas? How people have disconnected it to the spiritual reality of the coming Savior. You know, it's, it's more of a cultural icon. It's something that we do in the U.S. Do you know that 93% of American households celebrate Christmas? Now, now some of us would say, you know, that's awesome. And then... If we get our wits about us, we realize that, yeah, but what are they celebrating? They're not celebrating the same way that we as believers celebrate. For we celebrate a little baby born to die for the sins of man, right? So our celebration is very different. And we can get caught up as believers in all of the cultural nuances of celebrating Christmas. And we must remind ourselves about what Christmas is all about. So you've been tracking with us through our Christmas series. Two weeks ago, Chad taught out of the book of Revelation. Nod your head if you remember that, okay. Uh, last week, Pastor David taught out of? Hebrews. Hebrews, thank you. Somebody in the first service said Luke. You guys are much better. Uh, it was Hebrews. 
And then this morning, I'm, I'm teaching out of John. And so some of you astute Bible scholars would say, well, what's happened to the traditional Christmas passages, right? You know, where's Luke? Where's Matthew? Well, we're going to get to them. As a matter of fact, last week, we, in our midweek Bible studies, we talked in, out of Luke. But this morning, I want us to look at John chapter 1. And here's my premise is I truly believe that as we look at John 1, this is going to be more of a Christmas message than you would have thought. For I really believe that John teaches us a lot of significant truths about this coming Jesus, our Savior. So turn in your Bibles, if you would, to John 1, verse 1, 1 through 5. John says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. See, I think that John really wants us to stand in awe of who Jesus is. I I taught in our midweek retirees Bible study on Tuesday morning, um, uh, Christmas little devotional. And one of the things that hit me in studying for that, preparing to deliver that, that devotional was, you know, we can get so caught up in the cultural nuances of Christmas that we lose the awe of Christmas, the wonder of what Christmas is all about, that, that God stepping out of heaven, coming to earth in the form of baby, putting on flesh, and flesh to live a, a life here on this earth only to die. I mean, we should stand in awe as believers and marvel at the goodness and the grace of our heavenly father. Ultimately, this is the Christmas story in John 1, that Jesus came in the form of a baby to live a life and to die for our sins. But this isn't a manger story like Matthew and Luke give us, not that kind of account, is it? It's not the genealogy, it's not the earthly existence, it's not tracing the roots back. Yet, John does something even more incredible in some regards, because he takes Jesus back to the very beginning of time. Jesus always was. See, we like to think of Jesus born as an infant. You know, that's the beginning. You know, God always was, and then Jesus came a couple thousand years ago in the form of a baby. But expand, blow your mind by thinking in the reality that Jesus is God. And Jesus always was. Two people, two separate persons, and yet the same. Last week, Pastor David, several times he mentioned, you know, it's, it's the blending together of the Trinity and the incarnation of Christ, and it is mind-boggling, isn't it, to think of how God does that. That's what makes God so big and us so small. We cannot fathom the ways of God. I think that John does a great job of summarizing this passage in John 1:14. So if you just skip down a few verses, it says, and the word became flesh, And dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So, Christmas, Christmas, it's God sending his only Son in the form of a baby, full of grace and truth. It's like God saying, 
I want people to see me. I want people to know me. I want to walk with them. I want that personal relationship with people. And so I want to send my son, clothe him in flesh so that they can truly get to know me, God. God, sending God, his son, so that we can know him personally, intimately. We can know the way he thinks, the way he acts, the way he responds. We can see him in hard times, in good times. We can see the way he relates to people. What a blessing. What a blessing that God through Christmas has given us this ability to see and to know our God. See, the truth is that we can learn a lot from this Christmas passage in John 1. There's a lot of great truths about this Jesus. I listed three of them this morning on your outline. First one is Jesus is God. In verses one through three, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. In the beginning was with, in the beginning, he was in the beginning with God and all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. See, John reaches all the way back to the foundations, to the very beginning. And he tells us, he communicates to us a incredibly important doctrine that Jesus always was, that Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Without him, nothing was made. Some scholars say that this is the absolute single clearest passage of instructing us of Jesus' deity, that he is the incarnate God. It is indeed the mystery of the Trinity. You know, we like to think of Christmas, I'm with you, a little nativity scene, right? The little baby born at Christmas. It's special. You know, babies are special, right? Babies are beautiful. Uh, they're amazing. As a matter of fact, on Friday morning at 1.07 a.m., my daughter gave birth to our grandchild, a granddaughter. Her name, you're supposed to go awe. Thank you. Uh, her name is Sophia Milan Capadona. She's beautiful. And let me tell you, Pops, as I'm known in the grandparent world, not in anybody else's world, but in the grandparent world, I'm Pops, to hold that little baby girl and to see that newborn child is amazing. It's amazing. So I get it. You know, manger scenes are awesome. You know, we, we're drawn to that, especially, you know, knowing that that baby born was, the, the, the baby was born to die, but, you know, it's kind of a cool reality for us, right? But it's so much more than that. It's not necessarily just about the nativity, that Jesus is God. But what a blessing, what a gift to us to know that Jesus would step out of heaven in that intimate communion with the Father and come to earth and to live a life here for us. It's crazy to think that Jesus comes to earth. Uh, I get the privilege of doing quite a few funerals around here. And you know, when someone dies and they are in Christ, they are a believer in Jesus, we like to say, and I believe it's true, that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, right? 
You know, there is an immediate transition. You know, I don't understand it, but to be gone from this life is, and if you're in Jesus, if you're in Christ, to be, is to be present with the Lord. It's immediate. Well, somehow, miraculously, God stepped out of heaven to come to earth on that first Christmas morning instantly to live a life in flesh for us. It's an amazing idea. See, John makes it clear that the Father and the Son are one, that the Son always was. He was there at the beginning. He's the creator God. But he came to earth clothed clothed in flesh. Can you think about the greatest gift ever given to you? When I thought to myself about the greatest gift ever given to me, I would trace back in my life, in my short life, uh, I would trace back to my firstborn son who was born almost 38 years ago. Uh, and, and I think that this is it, is the reason why that was so special is because he was born two days after Christmas. So what a Christmas gift, right? And so the whole month, if you're a first-time parent, you understand this, the whole month before you're anticipating the birth and you're ready for the birth, right? I mean, it's like every mother that I've ever spoken to always thinks they're going to be early, right? They're never gonna be on time and they're certainly not gonna be late. It's always gonna be early. Oh, I'm sure I'm gonna be at early, you know, I'm, I'm whatever. Um, normally they're late, right? That's what usually happens. But I think of my son and I think because of the specialness of the surrounding of the holiday of Christmas and the anticipation, it was just a, a special gift. But think about what your most important, most significant gift at Christmas was. See, I think that the gift that God has given us relayed in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his son, right? He loved us so much that he gave his son at that first Christmas. Uh, it's hard for us to grasp. Indeed, it's kind of that mystery of the incarnation of Christ and the Trinity. But I'm sure that John understood that it would be complicated. And so he repeats himself. And in that one, two, and three, verses one, two, and three, kind of like a re repetition. In verse three, he says, all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. The apostle Paul also attested this in Colossians 1, 15 through 17. He is the image of the invisible God the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things and in him, all things hold together. Nothing that was created came beyond God and Jesus's knowledge. Nothing slithered into this world. Now, you may wonder, there's some things that I wonder, but no, God's created everything. Jesus was there at creation. In Hebrews 1, verses 1 and 2, long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things through whom also he created the world. So this baby that we celebrate on Christmas morning in two weeks, the same God that created heavens and earth, may it not be missed on us 
that Jesus is God. He is God. Second point is Jesus the Word. Jesus is the Word. John refers to Jesus as the Word multiple times. What we see in verse one, he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In verse 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of his uh, the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So the Word... The word is Jesus. Jesus is that word. And the word would have been very familiar to the Jews of that day. They would have understood that the word is that, that connection, that communication to his people. Reaching back into the Old Testament and the New Testament, the word was that means that God would use to communicate. And here God is communicating the depth and breadth of his love through his son, Jesus. And not only the depth and breadth of his love, but also the means of putting on flesh and blood to communicate who he is, how he acts, how he lives. It's amazing. It's an amazing idea. It's an amazing thought. See, there's creative power in the word of God. And Jesus is that word. A couple of things that I note about the word. The word was sent by God to reveal God. Think about that. The word was sent by God to reveal himself to us. Also, the word was God. Yet he could be distinguished from God. The word was God. By using the word he refu- he, to refer to Jesus, John clearly communicates to us that Jesus is both fully God and fully man. He existed from the foundation of creation to present day. Jesus was and is the communicator of the love of the Father to us. He is that personal communication. I put it like this. It's divinity was clothed in humanity so that humanity might be clothed in divinity. Did you catch that? Let me read it again. Divinity was clothed in humanity. The divine was clothed in flesh so that the flesh, you and I, might be clothed in divinity. The Holy Spirit abiding in us as believers. See, Christmas is God's giving of this special gift of his only son. As I mentioned, you know, my greatest gift when I think of all Christmases probably goes back to my firstborn. But when I think about my childhood, which most of us, if we think about special gifts, we raise back to childhood. Um, I was probably 14 or 15 years old and uh, I received at that Christmas a new bike. A bike. And it, was, it became my means of, of transportation. I'd ride around the neighborhood. I'd ride to the basketball courts. And you don't tell anybody outside of this room, but it was actually the means of transportation for my first date. <laughs> so that bike was important to me, significant. I can remember that first Christmas morning when I got up and I saw the bike and how awesome it was. And you know, as significant as the bike was to me, I think even at 14 or 15 years of age, 
I was able to process something even more significant. See, I didn't, my, my parents didn't have a lot of finances. And so I understood, even as a 14, 15 year old boy, of the great sacrifice that they made in order to get me that bike. And I think it, we've lost a little bit of that in our culture. I've got three adult kids, um, five grandkids, and the truth be known, if they want something, they go buy it. You know, it, it's hard to find something that's significant, that's sacrificial, and that's a blessing. But to understand the great sacrifice, when somebody sacrifices something, and that's what God did. He sacrificed his own only son for us. We talk a lot about sacrificial giving around here. You know, and, 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 and it's a reflection of understanding how God has given to us. And Christmas is that significant gift of the creator God to man. So the word, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, came through the sacrifice of the father through the son. And not only the sacrifice that God made to the son, but the son ultimately makes for us, for you and I to redeem us. Without the shedding of his blood, there would be no forgiveness. So the word was no impersonal force, but it was the full person, the deity of Jesus Christ himself. And the result of Jesus putting on flesh, we can know him personally. We can be brought into a personal relationship with our God. He's going to be graspable. We can, we, can, we can figure him out. We can understand him. We see his ways. We know the way he acted, the way he responded. We also understand that his sacrificial death pays for our sins. Christmas is that invitation to know Christ in a personal way, not like our culture does in celebrating Christmas, but to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that transforms our lives. John 1.12 says, as many as receive him, to them he gave the right to become a child of God. It's not just about celebrating a great day and maybe the family and the fun and the food and the gifts but it's about understanding and grasping that our celebration is about a savior who was born to a people who are in desperate need for a savior. I think that Jesus is saying, I don't wanna be just a concept. I don't wanna be just a thought, but I wanna be a person. And I want you to have a personal relationship with me. Philippians 2, five and eight says, have this mind among you, among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself to become obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. The third point this morning that I think John is seeking to teach us to instruct us, to reveal God to us, is that Jesus is the light and the life, the light and the life. I, I started to separate those because I think it'd be really easy to understand how Jesus is the life and Jesus is the light. But there was so much mingling of those two, I just put them together, that Jesus is the light and the life. 
Not only does John say in John 1, but also in John 8, 12, he says, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And in John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus claims to be the light. John is telling us that he's the life and the light. There's multiple kinds of light. There's the physical light, the sun. Here in Southwest Florida, we know that very well. The sun brightens up spaces, doesn't it? It makes things very knowledgeable. We can see things clearly through the sun. There's also that physical light that comes through. If we would turn off all the lights in this room and you walked in, you would be amazed at how dark this room is, even when it's full daylight outside. Why? Because we have great lights. You walk in almost any room in Lee County and you can flip on a switch and the light comes on and you can see clearly that physical light is present, right? It's there. I got a confession to make. A couple months ago when Ian was heading our way, uh, this Florida boy uh, who has gone through multiple hurricanes was not as prepared as I should have been. You know, I knew that we had an old lantern out in the garage, kind of a, you know, one of those things that you, 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 you click it and it comes on and it produces some pretty good light. And I knew that we had that in the garage. I knew we had candles and, and after all, Ian really wasn't coming to Lee County, <laughs> right? So I thought, we're good, we're good. Well, the Robinson household, like most of my fellow Lee County residents, lost electricity and we were in the dark. You know what's amazing is when the lights go out countywide like that, it's really dark outside. So I go out in my garage and get that old lantern-ish thing and uh, bring it inside and click on it and it doesn't work, not a problem hasn't been used in many years. It's just a battery issue. So I did have batteries, quite proud of myself. So I replaced the battery, click on it. It still doesn't work. Okay, so the next best thing that we have are candles. Do you know how poor, poorly, poor candles work in lighting a room? I mean, I can't even pick out my blue from my brown socks in candlelight. I mean, it's pretty much disastrous, right? It just doesn't fill the room. In spite of having multiple candles in the room, it's just kind of an ambient light. It's just kind of soft. It's a hue. But Jesus came to bring us a spiritual light. A spiritual light to give us direction, to show us the way, to give us the answer. Can you imagine what it would be like living in complete darkness? without any hope, without any kind of guidance. You know, God, through the sovereign word that he has given to us, gives us everything we need for godliness and for life. Written in his word. It's a spiritual light given to man. There can be so much confusion today around the word spirit. You know, I hear people say, well, I'm waiting on the spirit to move me. What does that even mean? You know, uh, you know they, we, we, we kind of drop back and use that as an excuse for something we want to do. Oh, the Spirit of God told me to do this. 
And it's completely contrary to the word of God, you know? And I think that we have to be very careful as followers of Christ that believe that the spirit of God indwells us as followers of his to be sensitive that our, the spirit that indwells us reveals God's truth as it's revealed in his word to us. We don't go on our own tangent, say, making up our own spirit, but God, the Holy Spirit, and God's presence through his son gives us spiritual light in a dark, dark world. It says that he has come to be the light of the world. Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God, it is the word of God that is living and active, right? It is the word of God that is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joint and marrow, of discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. He is the great light. And Christmas is celebrating that this baby Jesus that was born is God. He's God in the flesh. He's the word. He's the communicator of God's incredible love to his people. And he is the life and the light. He is the life and the light. What does this life and light do? It enables us to see, doesn't it? It enables us to see clearly what God wants from us. In John 3, 3, he says, he told Nicodemus, he said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And he himself is the light that is seen. In John 1, 5, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. The light shines in the darkness. We live in kind of a dark world on many levels, don't we? The light of Christ shines in the darkness. I think there's a couple thoughts here. Number one, I think that it's that spiritual light that does shine in the darkness. And I think that, that John clearly means that, you know, that that light of Jesus is not going to be put out by anything that man can ever do. God is victorious. We know how the end happens, right? But also, Jesus is the light that gives us life. The light of Christ shining in us for all who believe. All who receive this baby Jesus as the King of kings and the Lord of lords shall have eternal life. Eternal life. This morning, I want us to push back against the cultural acceptance of Christmas as the world knows it and to be reminded of how we are to stand in awe of God, creator of the universe, sending his son, God, in the form of a little baby to redeem man because of his great love for us. May we, may we embrace the truth and the reality of who Jesus is in our life. And may we shine that light to a lost and dying world.